You're with Julian on the brand note and a review of Thor, Love and Thunder. Perhaps the most baffling Marvel Universe film yet. So it's been a rum old road from <laughs> Endgame, which should have ended everything, uh, with a car crash of movies resembling the DC Universe, to be honest. So we were, like, there's... I mean, we did get Doctor Strange in that really bad film but the original alumni have been a little bit absent i guess but we had black widow straight after uh the end game i think that might have even been the first post end game movie for scarlett johansson and uh, this is the first one to feature one of the gold standard avengers which is chris hemsworth's thor and it follows the very surprising and big success of Thor Ragnarok, which was a shift in tone. Um, not as much <laughs> looking at this film as the um, as Taika Waititi from New Zealand, uh, a, a director, a hot director that might have the wheels coming slightly off on this outing. So he sort of came. Prominent with um, Boy and, and Hunt for the Wilder People, massive hits. I think Hunt for the Wilder People was a great film, but it showed elements of how we can push it too far, uh, and I see these elements in this film a lot. Um, what we do in the shadows as well with um, Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concours. Is that what it's called? Of course it is. And then he went into Thor. Jojo Rabbit got very middling reviews, to be honest. I still haven't seen it. But um, this is Thor, Love and Thunder, which occupies a kind of weird place now in the in the whole Marvel scheme of things, which is, you know, it starts with Guardians of the Galaxy in it who have absolutely nothing to do with the film. It's like they're floundering around a bit. Now, I have to say, watching this film, specifically the first half, there's no quality control now uh, in the MCU at all. Um, there's no way that in the past they would have ever let this film be made like it was. There's no one now watch the rushes or anything. So I think because of the um, the great success of Ragnarok after the 4-2 uh, The Dark World was so bad... Um, he was given free reign here, and I know I don't think he's some he's he's a little bit too close to Baz Luhrmann to be given free reign on this outing's evidence. Um, the the story here revolves around the God Butcher played by Christian Bale, in a reasonably good start. Um, so it's it's based around Christian Bale being like this chief minister to 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 this God on this planet. And all of the people die out through famine, even though they're praying to the gods. And his own daughter dies in his arms, and he's the last of their kind left alive. And he, he actually physically finds the god and says to them, you know, says to this god, you know, do surely you're going to save us all, even though we're all dead for some reason. Um, and the god mocks him and says, I don't care about you at all. I don't care about you. Um, and... At that point, he becomes um, he he gets this sword called the Necro Sword or something, um, which is uh, from this um, deity that can kill gods and makes him all powerful. And he kills the god that has let him down, and uh, embarks on this mission to kill all gods throughout the universe, which of course includes Thor. Um, Thor himself 
in a really bad move is still dad bod thor which served its purpose greatly in the final avengers movies but they should have reset here we don't need that thor in the first half of the film um the other good choice here is to bring back um the jane foster character um i can't believe i've forgotten this really famous <laughs> actor's name uh Natalie Portman. So she was in it. She got. She was one of the sadly missed. I think I really liked the first four film. It was um, like Captain America. It was very sort of hokey and fun and everything, um, and romantic. And she was great in that. And she got saddled with Thor: Dark World, which was a dead end that everyone hated, um, and was left out of Ragnarok and didn't appear in anything else. But she comes back here. And her character, like there's some really dark elements here. So her character is dying of cancer and she seeks out Thor's hammer. And we find that Thor has actually um, blessed this hammer to, you know, his, his original hammer, not the second hammer that he got, the one that was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok. And he puts like a, an unintentional spell on it saying you have to look after her for the rest of her life. So when she actually goes to where the um, Asgardians now live in Norway or wherever it is, as this refugee colony, um, the, the, the hammer forms together and she becomes a superhero. And they don't really go into too much detail there. It's just kind of um, tossed off, really tossed off. Um, so that's the rest of the film is um, basically the, the God Butcher Christian Bale character is trying to get to a thing called Eternity in the middle of the universe where Eternity is this great being that will grant any wish and his wish is going to be that all of the gods die in the whole universe which includes Thor. And Thor and the Natalie Portman superhero Mini Thor um, or the Mighty Thor I think it's called um, head off to stop him. Um, and that's reasonably it. So the the thing is here is that the first this is like um, when I watched Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby, the first half was one of the worst films I've ever seen, and then at the halfway stage, it's like a completely different director took over, as everything snaps into focus and is a lot better. So Taiki is just let off the let loose so badly here. He involves his own character, the rock monster, to do a voiceover that's so misguided. The narration is so misguided. The thing is, they make out like this is a comedy. This is not like Thor Ragnarok. It's like Benny Hill. It is continually goofy and silly and stupid. And over the top so. But there are the same number of laughs in the normal Avengers movies. They are witty films. People like Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are witty in those films. And Scarlet, all of them have witty banter. They have as many laughs in those films. And this is not like Thor Ragnarok. It's like they've amped it double. And it continually undercuts what you're watching. Because we're asked to you know, focus on the God Butcher and his dead child. And Natalie Portman's character having weeks of cancer left to live. Um... And it, it stops you engaging with any of those things because it's so silly uh, and it's so gratingly silly. 
and it just doesn't let up. It's just stupidity in every direction. And it doesn't even look good. Like the opening battle with Thor and the and the priests on this planet is is just bombastic and dumb. It, it, and then suddenly at the halfway stage, when I'd given up on this movie ever being anything at all, it's like someone else took over. It's like someone came and goes, no, and snapped it back into focus like a normal, with the tone of a normal um, Marvel universe particularly the avengers universe movie where everything gets better including the visual like representation when they go and visit the um god butcher on the moon thing that from that point on you're allowed to actually engage in the emotion of the jane foster's characters dying from cancer um uh, that's the first time you're actually allowed to sort of wallow in any sort of emotional threads in this whole story um, like there's a bit before that where uh, Russell Crowe, who I thought was perfectly fine, but they go and visit Russell Crowe, who's Zeus, and like they kill him and just leave. And you're just like, this is just so stupid. Um, like the whole scene is just silly. But as the, once it gets to that second half, it actually ups a lot. It looks fantastic. There are lots of really good visual design from that point on. Uh, I thought that. Tessa Thompson here was um, good as Valkyrie. Her character has gone up and down a lot, um, depending on its use. I thought she was really good here. They actually like make the uh, they shoehorn a gay bit in, which is that Taiki Waititi's characters have two dads, and it's just like really. Could you have put any less effort into that? Um, so the second half of this, I thought picked up. It's too fast as well. It's short for them it's short and normally i think these marvel films go on far too long and have far too you know a 40 minute battle at the end which spoils the film because narratively they're usually quite strong um here i thought the whole progress through that final um half of the film the narration the like the narrative storyline was actually really strong and it was rushed if anything um so and i and, and i like the payoff at the end it was a, a, quite an emotional high which was um Almost like a replay of that bit in um, Infinity War where um, Thanos is in that um, tranquil water world talking to his, the daughter he's just killed by throwing off a mountain. Where they say, well, what did it cost you and all of that. It sort of like um, aims for that sort of atmosphere. Um, and I thought that whole thing was quite good and the payoff was quite good. And then they ruin it again at the end by, you know, just making it just ridiculously goofy and stupid for the final few minutes, which was, it's like someone else helmed that part of the film. So oh, it's incredibly grating, but um, half of it is actually good. Um, and then they just throw in this ridiculously pointless, oh, here comes floor five at the end which they just can't help themselves um so uh, for me it is a film that exemplifies all of the weaknesses of the director and uh, the quality control that has gone out the window for marvel um i've given some really bad reviews to the eternals to doctor strange 2 it's been not a good run and um this should have been safe hands and i don't know why people like chris hemsworth didn't complain about the tone and the script and everything like even in the second half dad bod four is gone and we get normal thought it's like someone just watched the first half and went no 
So I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Uh, all of its misgivings would like if it had carried on that tone for the whole film, it would have been arguably the worst Marvel film of all. Um, but it's got a good second half, which um, yeah, five out of ten for four, love and thunder.